Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning to you, Vicky. Hi, Alan. How are you? How are you, Vicky? Are you and your students? I mean, you and I spoke at length in the build-up to return to school, and here you are speaking to me on this Monday morning, and sadly, your school, as it now stands, is closed today. Right. We really... Can we change the narrative, Alan? We're all here. All teachers and staff are on site. All right. Um, so the building is closed, but we, as a school, are continuing on just with other platforms. I see. Now, that, that bit has been really sensationalised in the, in the media. Like, we're very much open. Right. Um, all parents have been contacted this morning and we're preparing um, various packs on how we can support our parents engage with this week of remote and online learning as needed. Well, I'm glad you clarified that for us and I'm glad you came on live this morning to discuss this with us because the last thing after what we've been through for the last 19 months is mm-hmm. to instil more fear into people, Vicky. So what exactly has happened and what has led to the fact that you and I are speaking this morning? Um, well, look, we sent a message out yesterday evening and um, it, it, I think it went viral. And I suppose, look, Alan, when I spoke to you, if you can remember back in January, um, we were discussing numbers and different things and I had concerns on how the data was gathered and I still have those concerns. And I suppose what I've seen in my school now is that um, without my parents, my absolutely wonderful, informative parents who've kept us in, informed and abreast of all the changes and all of the issues and all of the COVID cases, we would not have the information that we have. So um, on the 8th of October, as the message says, that's out on, on um, it was our Aladdin message and it went out and it was shared on, I think, Alerting Parents, one of those Facebook pages. And um, it, we basically told everybody that our first case was on the 8th of October um, in second class. We put that out to our parents and our parents came back and said, you know, many of them had given their children antigen tests. So by Sunday evening, we knew that we had two positive cases at different sides of the classroom and that we had several positive antigen tests. We also knew that the CO2 monitor that um, we were supplied with was frequently read in that room and that the teacher would bring the class out and erase the room regularly during the day um, to, to make sure that the air was filtered in the room. We also know that that room has 30 children in it and is 49 metres squared as you know, a lot of other primary schools in Wexford are struggling with kind of um, small rooms. And that's why we've all, we've known something like this is going to happen. Principals have, and it's fallen on deaf ears. But anyway, so on Monday then, um, sorry, on Sunday evening, we informed our parents of another case. And, um, but the guidance is because the department, sorry, the HSE has stopped contact tracing, they do not regard children um, in a primary school as being close contacts. Yeah. Now, you, you did message me, Alan, um, before yeah. about coming on and talking about that, but I just wasn't in a position okay. at the time. I didn't know enough about the guidance. But what it effectively means is that, um, and when I rang the HSC, is that there there is no guidance. Um, you just go about your business as normal. And so this is the information that I sent to parents. So children who weren't positive came to school on Monday. Um, and we were sending children, some children, home on Monday. Um, so by Monday, of the children who didn't arrive in, I think we were up to 10 cases. So um, at that point, I asked the HSC, I said, why aren't these kids being, you know, why aren't these children being deemed as close contacts? And obviously, the amount of people and the quoting of circulars right. was so destroying. They said, again, they're not close contacts. So the board then, I asked, and we were given, not permission, but we were told that the autonomy lies at the Board of Management to make the call. So we, we then sent that class home. So effectively, we call it closing the class, but we didn't. We sent work home, yeah. and we just insisted that they all get tested 
now on Tuesday then more cases came in in that classroom and I was back on with the HSC and I asked, I said why and I asked for a written confirmation that I could bring to my board as to why the HSC were not regarding the children in that class as close contact and it was then that the children were all deemed close contact. Okay. Now that that's that part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. However, until you test positive Everyone in your household is only a casual contact. Mm-hmm. So the advice was still that the siblings of the children who were positive, that they could still come to school. So we, we followed that advice. Our parents followed that advice. And as the week went on, then we discovered that some of our siblings um, were testing positive and they would have been in school at the time when they would have been deemed infectious. You've now so made the decision. You've now made the decision. You say all the teachers are on site, but the actual students are not on site. What's the position no. with the school and the students now? Are, are they actually effectively? Are you closed down until after the? Um, and I'm sorry for using if I'm using the wrong terminology, Vicky. But uh, is the school remaining closed till after the midterm break, or what's the position? The building is remaining closed until after the midterm break. Right. Yes. The building um, remains are, closed. Yeah, yeah. The children are learning, and the teachers are teaching, just right. not on site. So they're 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 back to virtual learning again. In some classes, yes. Some classes will get work packs. Yeah. Right. Um, when it comes to vaccinations, then within primary school, like does it does, does the vaccination process c- catch any of the children? I mean, the the older ones are being vaccinated. Are they sixth class, maybe, or have I got sixth that wrong? Class, some of them have started to be vaccinated. Yes. Right. But the remainder However, of the primary school students are not vaccinated. No, no, anybody under 12 doesn't get vaccinated. But we also know that you can still be vaccinated and have COVID. And you can still be vaccinated and pass it on. What are you calling so, for this morning? I mean, you have the airwaves of Southeast Radio, so use them. What, 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 what? I mean, listening to what you've just told me there, for someone like you who is so focused on what you do, and I've spoken to you on several occasions in the programme, I can sense within your voice and in your vocal tone that this is one of the most frustrating periods you've ever been through as a school principal. Um, I suppose for a long time I've, I've always been worried about the numbers and how the numbers are being gathered and collected. My concern is that what the data from our school will show that um, that most of my children are not school contacts and that they are community contacts or transmission. And I'm concerned the fact that while we were waiting for the HSE to send us the, the contact tracing, many of our parents decided, rightly so, that they would just go and get their children tested, which they did. Now, because they aren't on the HSE school testing list, they got tested so it's a community. And this is something that's always bothered me, Alan, and I suppose there's some investigative journalists who could go and look into this because, to be honest with you, we educators are tired of fighting with the department, looking for resources, looking for things. If they would find out from other principals, because I'm not the first principal in a school this has happened to. Right. We know when cases are in our schools. We know that if they get tested in the community, that that's where that's deemed to have been transmitted. So to the parents, and you've, you've, you've loudly praised them this morning for the way that they've tackled this, what do you say to the students themselves who may be listening and to the parents of the students in the CBS Primary School in Wexford? Um, to parents, thank you very much. Really, really, your support in through all this has been amazing. To the boys and girls, you know something, I absolutely can't wait to see you all back. We had planned a dress-up day this Friday, yeah. and that's going to happen now when we come back um, after the midterm break. So save all your costumes, and we're going to do we're going to do everything that we plan to do this week. We're going to do when we come back, and do what you can. Have a great week. Enjoy spending time with mum and dad, and um, stay safe.
Well, you've raised the consolation, it. Alan, is that many of our children are asymptomatic, which is fine. You know, and um, they don't seem to have many symptoms. But as I said to you last January, one child getting ill is one child too many. Of course, of course. Listen, Vicky, thanks for coming on air and, and talking thanks, openly and honestly to us as always, as you have done since this pandemic started. Uh, you've raised a lot of questions that need answers. Let's yeah. see, can we get to the bottom of some of them for you? We will go back to the HSE and forward them a copy, a transcript of this interview after the show today. And if we do get any reaction from them, we'll come back to you straight away. Yeah, right. please do. Thanks a okay. million, Alan. Thank Best you for taking our call. That Thank was uh, school principal at the CBS Primary School updating us on the situation there, uh, Vicky Barron. I'm now joined by independent councillor and paramedic, Ger Carthy. Good morning to Ger. Morning, Al. Right, Ger. I know hectic times, busy times as well. Did you manage any, to hear a part of what Vicky had to say there about the situation within her school? I just got the, the, the last of it, Alan. Yeah. Um, a difficult situation, but I think it comes down to the fact that any of the good news that's to be channeled down is the minister's job and any of the bad news is the board of management and the pressure that has been put on principals and teachers and boards of management across this country in the past two years has been, uh, to ask me, unsustainable and unprecedented. And the misinformation that has been channeled over the last couple of years is very, very disappointing. But I would commend the board of management for the action that they have taken to mitigate against the risk of the spread of COVID-19 in the, the Christian Brothers in Wexford Town, but there will be more. Unfortunately, kids are now the unvaccinated cohort across the country, and our paediatric wards and the hospitals will become, uh, you know, will, will start to fill up over the coming months. Now, the, the bottom line here, like I have a text in from a listener who says 90% of 5 million vaccinated is 4.5 million and they still can't open the country. We have gone too soft, a daily listener. But these young children, none of these children, apart from some of the sixth class students that Vicky has just mentioned there, none of them are vaccinated. So they are very susceptible to this, aren't they? Yeah, susceptible, whether it be symptomatic or asymptomatic. And if they're asymptomatic, we all know what happens. We don't know that they have it. But I mean... You know, there's going to be a difficult few months ahead, Alan, because... Hello, is, are you there, Jerry? I think we lost you. We got you still, Jerry? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we lost you there for a second. You said a difficult few months ahead. Maybe you go back to that for me, please. Yeah, we, we're, we're going to phase into a very difficult few months because we've, we've only 11 intensive care beds across 26 counties serving 6 million people. You know, we've no beds in Wexford Jenner at the moment. We've no beds in St. Luke's. We're transferring intensive care patients across the country at the moment back to where we were in, in March. So, you know, we can talk about opening up and we can talk about opening nightclubs, but, you know, we need to take it back to basics and we need to deal with the, the know the issue. And uh, that's where we are at the moment. Yeah, so uh, in your role as a paramedic, have you seen the spike? Because I'm looking at the front page of the Irish Independent today. It says hospitals bracing for COVID spike ahead of the reopening deadline. There's huge pressure to reopen, as promised, and yet uh, there are concerns about the spike. And I mean, the concerns you've raised about the intensive care unit beds, that's very worrying, Ger. It is, and it is across the country now, but we have to look at it in the round that, you know, the hospitality sector, you know, has been opened well, yes, the discos, etc. haven't nightclubs, but let's give financial support to them and let's try and reduce the spread of COVID, but it is it is quite uh, common in the community at the moment. I have a number of staff out with us. You know, so double vaccinated people you know, are, are becoming asymptomatic with COVID-19, so we need to take stock and look at where we are. I think Joe Public will be quite happy 
to leave the status quo remain for another few months if that's to reduce the admissions to the hospital and keep the people safe. Right, so you basically believe that... We'll do a little poll on that now. We'll do an instant poll on that this morning. Should the restrictions stay as is or move to the next phase? So let's do that poll with the Morning Mix listeners. 87 Because this is a crucial day, isn't it? This is when Neffet are coming forward, the government are meeting. So we'll get a clear picture on this tomorrow, won't we? We will, Alan, but if you look at it, right? You and your wife can go out tonight for a meal. They can stay in a pub till half past eleven. They can go stay in Kelly's hotel. They can go where, where, where you like in the context of accommodation. You know, the hospitality sector is open, not to full capacity. But let's be fair. There, there's been massive money spent on COVID nineteen. So let's support these businesses through this for another few months to try and to get on the right side of it. But the the issue now is the unvaccinated cohort of of, of kids across the country. And there's an example today with the school in, in Wexford CBS. And there's going to be more of that. Right. And, you know, our vaccination programme, while it's been very successful, we need to keep our finger on the pulse in relation to that. Gerard, do young children get very sick with this? Because, like, a lot of them, I believe, do get as- or asymptomatic. But can children, uh, the younger cohort, do, are they getting sick with this, very sick with this? Not very sick normally, Alan, but then every person is, uh, is an individual case and will present differently. But, I mean... You know, our our job is to protect, protect the most vulnerable in society, and that cohort are, are at the moment, and we need to, as a society, work towards that. And if that means that we don't open up uh, for another few months, well, so be it, and let's support those industries that are the businesses that can't open. Because, you know, there's been an open checkbook in relation to COVID over, over the last two years, so let's continue that. All right, the, the question we're putting to our listeners this morning is, should we ease the restrictions on the 22nd of October as planned? Yes, if you agree, we should. No, if you disagree. Let's do a little poll with our Morning Mix listeners. Should we ease the restrictions into the next phase on the 22nd? Yes, if you agree, time to go ahead. No, if you disagree. As we look towards the winter months, Ger, I, I sense from you concerns there and uh, more action needed? More action needed, and we can't magic intensive care beds overnight and we can't match out of a magic tree get nurses to staff those intensive care units or those extra beds that are required so it is a, it is a going to be a difficult period coming into the winter months and you know we we all need to you know pull on the green jersey and do our bit and we've done it for the last two years and if that means that we don't open up for another few months well let's do that and let's so be it right well, it's very interesting, Ger, because the text, is, the text poll is only coming and already 75% of the people are saying, that are texting in, that the restrictions should stay. So, yes, if you think it's time to move on. No, if you think it's not time to move on. That's the way we're doing the poll. Yes, if you believe we should ease the restrictions. No, if you believe we shouldn't. And uh, on the basis of what's coming in so far, 75% are saying the restrictions should stay as is. That's not going to go down too well with the hospitality sector and other sectors, is it? And for people who are deeply frustrated that we just simply haven't got back to normal, Ger? Look at that, unfortunately, that is the situation. Some of those businesses haven't been open for 550 days. Mm. But I mean, the financial support should be put in there from the government. And if the government want to open up early or prematurely, they should have made the vaccine program mandatory for everyone, for every adult at least, and they didn't. So look, we are where, as the old saying, cliche goes, we are where we are and we need to deal with the situation we find ourselves in now. And finally, have you actually, you talked about the fact that you people, some of your colleagues, you're back dealing with this again, Ger. Is it only within the last 14 days that you've seen this shift or has it been kind of slowly coming along and it's just been under the radar? I've had three colleagues in the past two and a half weeks 
um, test COVID uh, positive. And I mean, they've been double vaccinated. So look, at that tells its own story. Um, you know, in, in fairness, kids moving around, pediatrics moving around, asymptomatic. They don't know they have it. You, you know, it's spread into school like the Christian Brothers in Wexford. And I don't want to stigmatise the Christian Brothers in Wexford. It could be any school in the county or the country. Right. And this is the situation we find ourselves in. And my answer to that is that we don't open up for another few months at least. Uh, review the situation in a couple of months and go from there. All right, 80% of that poll that have come in so far. So this is a very important poll, and we'd love you to get your view in. If you're tuned into the programme, it's a simple yes if you think it's time to move ahead to the next phase in the 22nd. No if you disagree, and we should stay as we are. And it's 80% so far have said no, stay as we are for the foreseeable future. Thanks for taking our call, Jaron. To you and your fellow team team in the paramedics, stay well. Thanks, so. Good morning to you. That was uh, Jerk Hardy there, independent councillor and paramedic. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.